The following program is a paid advertisement. The broadcast of this program does not represent an endorsement by WHLG-FM or Horizon Broadcasting of the products or views expressed herein. The following show was pre-recorded. Good morning, Florida. The Financial Truths. Your host, John Wilkinson. And today we are going to be talking about home loans. I have Michael Somerville from Loan Genius on the phone with us today to talk about how home loans work, what to do, what not to do, when to buy, refi, what's the difference, how it and investing as well. So welcome, Michael. How's everything today? Thank you, John. Everything's going well. Everything's going great. Very busy in the mortgage business these days. Yes, I, I hear. I, I kind of keep up with that. And I hear that loan officers right now are swamped when it comes to the home loans due to the rates being so low. So so many people want to refinance and it's being, well, here in the South Florida area, I know it's a seller's market right now. And um, so so let's talk about pre-COVID and then when COVID started and what you're seeing now as far as the market, the real estate market is concerned. So pre-COVID now, like, you know, when it comes to the lenders and the different programs that you were seeing versus when COVID first hit and where you're seeing now. So can you give us some kind of insight since you're on the front lines on this day after day? So you're the man that knows how everything goes. Yeah. So when, when COVID, you know, first hit lenders, you know, were kind of pushed back on their heels because, you know, there were, there were a lot of changes to the marketplace and obviously a lot of people losing their jobs and it became very, very important for lenders to verify that, consumers still had their income. So what we saw happen in the, you know, when COVID first hit, we saw the Federal Reserve step up and say that they were going to really back federally backed mortgages like FHA loans, Fannie Mae loans, and Freddie Mac and conventional mortgages. So those rates stayed very constant and the programs didn't change much with the exception of some like what we call overlays, meaning that, you know, they, they did a lot of extra verifications to make sure people were still earning their money they put in some extra rules, you know, for people who maybe were self-employed. And again, just a little bit more verification and more work to make sure that they still had their income coming in. Where the market really got turned upside down was for what we call the non-QM loans or what, you know, classically, you know, in the past were called non-prime or subprime loans. And these are loans for people that, you know, they necessarily couldn't document their income with tax returns and W-2s and paychecks. So they would use their bank statements or their cash flow from their business to document their income. Or let's say they were using the rental income from their rental properties to document their income. And so in those type of programs, they really uh, tightened the restrictions. The interest rates shot up. The down payments increased. The required down payments increased. And, you know, I would say overall the, the credit really tightened in that marketplace. In the jumbo loan market, and for us in South Florida, those are loans over $510,400. In the jumbo loan market, the credit also tightened significantly. So they were looking for you know lower debt ratios, uh, higher credit scores, more reserves in the bank. And that was something that was really, really important and crucial for self-employed borrowers. They wanted to see that they had a lot of cash reserve to carry those mortgage payments if things were to really you know, go the wrong way with their business. 
So uh, a good example is I've had uh, clients who own restaurants, and even though their restaurant kind of held its own during COVID with you know doing takeout and things like that, the underwriters really took a lot more scrutiny on those businesses to make sure that you know they had the cash flow to support the loan. So classically, loans you know self-employed borrowers were looking at their last two years of history, as well as their year-to-date history through you know uh, verifications of like just a simple profit and loss. But now the lenders were asking to show, you know, they want to see that they have invoices and they have money coming into their business bank account every month um, and, you know, even during COVID. So those are some of the challenges that we face. We see some of the, those restrictions being lifted as businesses reopen. But I really do see that we're going to have, uh, you know, a long road ahead to get back to where we were before COVID started. Okay, so that's excellent information. And so now you see the investors on these, what they call non-QM, well, I don't really call it, some, some of them are self-prime, but some of them are like, hence myself, being a business owner, and I tax write off so many things, and they're looking at my net income versus my gross, and so therefore, they're using the net income, and if I, if I don't show a lot of net income coming in, being a business owner, then therefore, I have to go to a non-QM type product, right? So... You know, which are, is a great type program because I do qualify and I do make the money. But however, you know, it's just not showing on the net because of all the different write-offs. So, but you know, with the rates now, the rates are so low. Like I, I think it's like right in the two percent range, two or three percent range now. And so, I guess you're seeing a lot of what more refinance nows or a lot of more purchases now. Well, right now, you know the. The purchase market, while it's still, you know, prices have remained, you know, more or less constant, but and but transactions have definitely slowed, and, and we're seeing transactions pick back up. So for the couple of months after COVID hit, we saw transactions really dip year over year, right? Maybe forty percent of the number of transactions. Now prices didn't plummet because there's still a very strong demand for housing, and there were a lot of sellers that you know maybe were thinking about selling but decided to stay on the sidelines because they wanted to see what happens. You know, they had maybe forbearance on their current mortgage or maybe they lost a job and didn't know, you know, what was going to be the outcome in the months ahead. So, you know, our prices have remained constant. Supply and demand is, is you know, in a good position. However, uh, we are seeing fewer transactions. But again, transactions picking back up. So I think we saw another, you know, big increase month over month from August to September in number of transactions for, uh, you know, at least for Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade counties. And then, as far as COVID affecting the marketplace and the balance of purchase business versus refinances, the refinance portion of the market has ballooned because with rates dipping so low, people are able to refinance to a lower interest rate and save you know, money monthly or cut their term and save a lot of money over the life of the loan. I've done loans you know, all the way down on a 15-year fixed at 1.99%. So you know, rates under 2% or some, on a fixed rate or something that you know, we haven't seen uh, historically ever and so right now it's just a flood of, of refinance action going on in the marketplace and anyone who hasn't tried to refinance really should because we don't know if rates are going to stay this low forever and you know how long that this uh, the party's going to last so to speak for low interest rates um, as soon as the economy starts improving i'm sure that you know the rates are going to maybe not climb up quickly but they're going to definitely go up 
Okay, so on that note, now if you're looking to refinance, now to me there's a rule of thumb for refinancing, right? So we want to educate the consumer out there when it comes to making a decision, when it comes to refinancing, not refinancing, what to do, when to do it, and so forth. And to me, the one of the rule of thumbs we always went by, if you're not saving at least 2% on your home loan, then it's not worth refinancing because it takes you at least the first five years to even recuperate the difference or, you know, and to break even doing that refinance to begin with, right? Well, I would have to say that, you know, uh, that, that, that kind of, that rule of thumb is kind of out the window right now because, I have people saving money with a 1%, you know, improvement in their interest rate because we're able to keep the closing costs very low on a refinance, especially if it's someone who's doing an FHA streamline refinance or if they have a VA loan and they can streamline their VA loan because those are very, very low cost to them and they're going to basically benefit from an interest rate reduction and not really lose any money over the the long term. Now, that five-year threshold, I really feel it comes down to personal choice and, and, and what each individual's goals are. So if I could tell you that you're going to save money and you know, you're going to incur closing costs and it will take you three or four or five years to make up that cost on the loan in monthly payment savings, but yet you tell me that you want to stay in the property for, we think we're going to be here forever. You know, This is our forever home and we're going to be here for 10 years, 15 years or more. Well, then clearly it makes sense to take the payment savings because every year, let's say after that fifth year, you're going to be saving money. Now, if there's some uncertainty as to whether or not you're going to be in the home for any period of time, then I would say it doesn't make sense to do the refinance because if you refinance and it takes you five years to recoup your cost, but you sell your home in three years, well, then, you know, you didn't really save money. It actually cost you money to do the refinance. So it really comes down to every person's individual goals. And what I recommend is that each person sit down with a loan officer, uh, you know, someone who is an experienced loan officer, you know, you want someone that's got years in the business and can evaluate your current situation, give you the options, and then you as a consumer have to make an educated decision as to whether or not it makes sense to move forward. Excellent advice, Michael. Excellent advice. So it all depends, right? It's on a case-by-case basis when it comes to credit, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your home loans. It's on a case-by-case basis. So, you know, so it all depends. So look at the numbers, crunch the numbers, get with your loan officer, and you reach out with uh, Michael's company or so forth. When we come back, we'll keep discussing about home loans, you know, and mortgages with my friend Michael Somerville from Loan Genius. This is John Wilkinson with the Financial Truths. We'll be back. The Southern Sportsman Show is proudly brought to you by the Fish Florida Association. With your membership, you'll save time and money and get to choose from over 45 member benefits, services, and exposure for your business. Not to mention you get to be a big part of giving back to conservation, preservation, and charities working hard out there to make a difference. To get signed up, visit the Fish Florida mobile app or fishfloridaassociation.com. Our legal plans offers toll-free phone consultation on personal legal matters, letters slash phone calls, will preparation and more. All legal plans provide a guaranteed 10 to 25% discount on legal services not otherwise covered by the plan. We realize how difficult it can be to keep a business going in today's market. 
Having an attorney available for the legal situations known to arise in the business environment gives peace of mind to run a business with less worry. The business legal plan can help with contract and document review, debt collection, contract disputes, trial defense, partnerships, consumer fraud, workers' compensation, incorporation, and much more. Call 772-348-4011 for more information. Again that's 772-348-4011. Looking for faith-based solutions to challenges you're experiencing in your life? Meet Reverend Dr. Sean Alexander, who's been recognized as the head of Chaplains International. He is a member of the clergy, a diplomat of the National Board of Christian Clinical Therapists, a board-certified supervisor, and a presidential member of the American Association of Christian Counseling. Dr. Sean can provide pastoral counseling and coaching for adults and children. As a Christian, there is nothing more important than to walk the path that God has for you in your life and business, and to achieve the things that Christ has for you in your life. To book a pastoral counseling appointment, please visit drseanalexander.org. Everyone at Fish307.com would like to take a moment to thank you, their customers, for your business and trust throughout the years, which have allowed Fish307 to become one of the worldwide leaders in the recreational fishing industry. Fish307.com is your number one resource to take care of all your fishing tackle needs and so much more. On their website, you can also find great tips and tricks to make your fishing experiences more fun. Check them out at Fish307.com today. They have all kinds of great values waiting. So remember, Fish307.com. Are you looking for health care that fits your busy life? One Share Health is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry whose mission it is to inspire healthy communities and provide options to share the cost of health care. Here's one of our valued members to share her experience. What I like most about One Share Health is the affordability, the ease of use, the customer service. I had one experience with telemedicine and that was incredible. I was traveling. I realized I was coming down with something. So I called them. They indicated that a doctor would be calling me in the next few hours. My phone rang in like 15 minutes. We went through all my symptoms. They found the nearest pharmacy and went ahead and called in my prescription. Everything was done between 30 and 45 minutes. Our listeners will receive 40% off their enrollment fee and unlimited access to telemedicine with a $0 consult fee. Visit OneShareFish.com or call 833-655-0941 to learn more about our medical sharing family. I am a veteran. I spent two years alone and homeless. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. My victory was finding the support to get back on my feet. DAV helps veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like nowhere was safe. So veterans can reach victories, great and small. My victory was finding the help I needed. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Good morning, Florida, the financial truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson. I have on the phone Michael Somerville from Loan Genius. And to this morning, we are discussing the real estate market. Now, Michael is a loan officer, actually owns, I believe, Loan Genius, right, and has been doing it quite a few years. And so before we went to break, we were talking about pre-COVID, then when COVID first started, and now how the market is currently right now in the real estate market. And then should you refinance or not because rates are really low. So you really got to crunch the numbers, as Michael was saying, to see if it's going to be worth it because 
most people refinance, you know, the first three to five years or so. So is it worth if you refinance now to get that low rate? Are you going to sell here in the near future or are you going to stay in long term? What are you going to (laughs) do? And so that's what we're going over. All right. So when it comes to being a mortgage broker and owning a mortgage company, being different than I call a loan officer or whatever in a bank such as Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or so forth, to me there's a big difference because the loan officer here that doesn't work for the mortgage, I mean for the banks, you know, does, do, does not get paid until the loan closes. So they're going to scrape that file before they send it to underwriting to make sure that everything, you know, is in par in place and hopefully not show anything that, you know, would deny the loan. And so, Michael, you have a whole team of loan officers, correct? Yeah, we've got a team of loan officers, processors, customer service reps, you know, that, that service our customers and, you know, work to get people the best possible terms for their situation. So the difference between, you know, being a mortgage broker and, let's say, a loan officer for, you know, a direct lender or a bank is that, and I feel there are considerable advantages to being, you know, a broker versus a direct lender or bank. So there are a lot of, com- there are some common misconceptions in the marketplace about mortgage brokers. I would say the first common misconception that is there is is that, um, you know, if you go to a bank, you're going to get a better interest rate or you're going to get yourself a better deal. And quite frankly, that's just not the case. As a mortgage broker, we often waive a lot of the fees that are associated with the mortgage. So there are fees you'll see when you receive a loan estimate from a bank or direct lender, fees like underwriting fees and processing fees and other third-party charges um, that we call junk fees. Those are fees that just go to the bank, um, not the third-party charges, but you know they're, they can call them anything, commitment fees, application fees, processing fees, and underwriting fees. Those things are additional fees that the bank charges to create revenue. Well, as a mortgage broker, we waive those charges in, in most cases and save our customers money on those upfront fees. We also give customers access to better interest rates because we're shopping the market every single day up to the minute. And you'd be surprised to see how often lenders will jockey their pricing and their position in the interest rate market. So I could search one day and, you know, a certain lender is priced with the best interest rate, and then I could shop, you know, a few hours later, and another lender has moved into uh, first position with the best program and pricing. So we do that every day up to the minute for our clients to ensure that we're always giving people the best deal. Whereas when you're dealing with a bank or a lender, the loan officer has one choice. He has the choice of going with the bank's program and the bank's interest rate and their pricing, and that's all that he can offer. Whereas as a mortgage broker, my loan officers can offer you know, uh, a spectrum of programs. And, you know, often the difference would be that a lender may have more restrictive guidelines. Like someone may go to a bank, like one of the big banks, and they go and they sit down with the loan officer and the loan officer says, well, you know, I've looked at some things and, you know, you looks like you can buy a house for $200,000. Well, um, that bank just may have more restrictive policies. So when they sit down with one of our loan officers, they may be able to qualify them the same customer for $300,000. And that's a very common thing, you know, that takes place. So banks are very, you know, I would say cookie cutter, and they have just that 
you know, straight down the middle of the fairway type of mentality. Whereas as a mortgage broker, we can deal with all types of situations and put the borrower with the bank or lender that is right for their situation. So, you know, we have to do an entire interview and we have to do the whole process. So that's the other thing that I can say is way different between a mortgage broker and working with a bank. A lot of the time you'll go to a bank and you'll ask to be pre-approved for the purchase of a home. And the loan officer will ask you some questions and he'll run a credit report. And he'll ask you, well, how much money do you make? And you might make a certain amount of money, but, you know, you might not get paid as a W-2 employee. Maybe you get paid as a, an independent contractor. And your income is just not quite, your, your usable income or effective income is just not quite what you think it is. Well, the loan officer at the bank, because they haven't collected or reviewed any of your documentation yet, they're going to give you a pre-approval letter and tell you to go find a house. You go find a property, and then you find out that you don't qualify for that property. When you work with us, we do, and, and that process, what they've done, is called pre-qualification. So pre-qualification means that they've you know, run your credit and asked some questions and given you a letter for pre-qualification. We don't do pre-qualifications. We do pre-approvals, where the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qualification is that we actually pre-underwrite the loan before giving you a, le a letter to go get into contract, a pre-approval letter. So we're going to collect your income documentation, your W-2s, your pay stubs, your tax returns, and we're going to review all of those things so that we don't have any hiccups when you do go to contract. And if you speak to any real estate agents, uh, you know, they'll all tell you that they don't work with pre-qualification letters. They work with pre-approval letters only because they want to know that all of the work and due diligence have been completed prior to, you know, showing you a property or prior to you submitting an application or prior to you, prior to you submitting an offer to purchase a property. So, so that's really important. It's really important to make sure that you're obtaining a pre-approval letter versus a pre-qualification letter. Okay, so, so you heard it first. I mean, get a pre-approval, not a pre-qualification. See a mortgage company and not a bank because either you fit the guidelines or you don't fit the guidelines when it comes to um, to getting pre-approved or pre-qualified, because I know people have, you know, went to the, like, Wells Fargo, got their pre-qualification, and then, you know, went under contract and thought everything was fine, and then come to find out, you know, some of their documents or whatever that wasn't up to par of the guidelines of Wells Fargo, you know. So either you fit the box or you don't when you go to a bank. Now we go to a mortgage company. They have 20, 30, whatever different lenders. So depending on your scenario, depending on, you know, the rates and so forth, they can send you to whatever lender that they feel is best for your scenario, giving you the best rate. And if something happens to that lender, they can just flip it to another lender without having to repull the credit and submit all the paperwork back to the mortgage broker. Unlike you, you know, you go from one bank to the to another and so forth. You know, you're gonna have to submit everything and get your credit repulled again. So you you talk about waiving the fees now. Michael, now, how does a mortgage broker get paid? Well, as a mortgage broker, we often earn our compensation from the lender that we place the loan with. So as a mortgage broker, we have options. We can do loans, which we call borrower-paid loans, in which the borrower pays a fee to get the loan done. And those are for loans that are really for the more outside-the-box type of situations, but for the conventional-type mortgages and the FHA mortgages and VA we earn our compensation from the lender. So 
We don't have upfront fees in those cases to the consumer. And again, it can save the consumer thousands of dollars up front because not only do we have access to better interest rates, um, but we're also waiving a lot of those upfront fees to them and they, you know, saving them thousands of dollars in their bottom line for closing. I'll give you a good example. I've matched up quotes before with lenders on, let's say, an FHA purchase mortgage. And let's say lender A came back and the borrower has a quote from them at, you know, three and a quarter percent and they're, it's a 30-year fixed rate and everything looks great. And then they came and they shopped with us and then we were able to give them the same interest rate, three and a quarter percent, save them $1,000 off of the underwriting fee by waiving that underwriting fee. And then in addition, giving them another five to $6,000 lender credit for closing costs. So we can then flip that credit. And people say, well, how do you do that? How is that even possible? How can you give me $6,000 for my closing costs at the same interest rate when another lender is not giving me that money for closing costs? And the answer is really simple. It's because we have a lower margin on our loan. So the margin means the profit that we make on the loan when the loan gets sold off in the secondary market. So being in business now for 20 years and dealing with, you know, countless numbers of consumers and realtors and providing that service for our agents and our buyers, we go ahead and keep our margin very, very slim. So we're essentially, we're just making less money on your loan. And what are we doing with that less money that we're making? We're giving it back to the consumer in the form of savings or in the form of a lender credit so that they can go ahead and, you know, bring less money to closing. And, you know, it helps save deals sometimes. It really helps people that are limited with down payment funds. It can help someone who's limited with down payment funds, um, down money for down payment and closing costs. It can help them reach up to a higher uh, purchase price and, and property value. Or it can help someone who's, you know, borderline with their, you know, with their down payment funds get into the house uh, versus you know, paying all of the bank's closing costs. So you heard it here first. Go to a mortgage company versus a bank. Michael just told you a bunch of reasons why. All right, so this is John Wilkinson here with the Financial Truths. We'll be back. The Southern Sportsman Show is proudly brought to you by the Fish Florida Association. With your membership, you'll save time and money and get to choose from over 45 member benefits, services, and exposure for your business. Not to mention you get to be a big part of giving back to conservation, preservation, and charities working hard out there to make a difference. To get signed up, visit the Fish Florida mobile app or fishfloridaassociation.com. I'm Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips, or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Hey folks, this is Captain Terry here to talk to you about Hooked on Heroes. Hooked on Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 100% of donations go to take veterans on fishing trips. Hooked on Heroes takes 250 to 300 veterans on one-day fishing trips twice a year. You can donate to this great cause through their website at hookedonheroes.com or call Ron at 386-364-9589. That's Ron at 386-364-9589. They need 
need your help getting rods and reels and leader and other fishing items for these fishing trips. All the veterans at Hooked on Heroes want to thank you in advance for your support. During these difficult times, the National Single Parents Resource Center has expanded to help anyone who would like to get the facts to deal with everyday challenges, especially during this pandemic. If you or someone you know needs a caring and compassionate ear or someone to talk to, please reach out to our vendor, Coach Judy, who has been honored nationally for her work in coaching. Please give her a call at 561-441-8557 or visit her site at coachjudy.info. Is your credit less than perfect? Worried about getting ripped off by a credit repair company? Look no further. Credit Solution Programs is a non-profit credit education and consumer advocates company with credit score improvement service that uses consumer credit rights under federal and state laws. Visit our site at creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360. Again, creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360. Thanks much to our sponsor, New Concept Lures. They hold over seven U.S. patents, and all lures are unique in design and American-made. You can even have custom lures made to meet your needs. Visit New Concept Lures at newconceptlures.com, and you can also find them on the Fish Florida mobile app. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Good morning, Florida. The Financial Truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson, and I have on the phone Michael Somerville from Loan Genius, and today we are discussing the real estate market. All right, so we discussed pre-COVID, when COVID hit, how it is now, and then we talked about the difference between a loan office or a mortgage company versus going into your local bank to get a home loan, you know, versus being purchased, pre-approval versus pre-qualification, right? And how a mortgage broker, unlike a direct lender from a bank, can flip your loan to whatever lender that fits your scenario, giving you the best rate because they get a wholesale rate versus a retail rate, right? Like a bank has, right? And then, so now let's talk about buying and refinancing. So Michael, all right, so what can be the expected cost? Let's say somebody in, you know, Southern Florida is looking to buy versus refi on the different types of loan. Can you give us kind of a quick snapshot of, you know, what somebody would need? Let's say if they're purchasing a $200,000 property, right? About how much money are they going to need to have to be able to go through that purchase? Okay, well, I mean, we've got to really talk about which, you know, loan programs are going to be, we're, we're going to look at because 
every program has different parameters. But if we start with FHA, which is like the most common program for first-time home buyers, I like to tell people that if you're doing an FHA mortgage, we need to typically have at least 3%, I'm sorry, 3.5% down payment. And typically it's going to be about 3% for closing costs. So on a $200,000 house, you're looking at, uh, for the down payment, uh, $200,000 on 3.5% is $7,000. And then the 3% for closing cost is about $6,000. However, we can pay for those closing costs in a number of ways. We can obtain credits, which we often give, you know, pretty large lender credits back to our buyers for closing costs, which can help alleviate that closing cost piece. We also have... Uh, the ability or the real estate agent has the ability to structure the deal where the seller of the property is going to pay some of those closing costs. So we can often get that $6,000, let's say, or that 3% of closing costs covered in one way or another when the funds for down payment are are tight. The other piece of that is the down payment, which is the 3.5% or the $7,000 on a $200,000 home. Now, that down payment can come from any number of sources. That down payment can be you know, money that you've saved or money that you, uh, you know, have, have worked for. We also have the ability to use gift funds. So you can obtain that money from a family member in the form of what we call uh, an FHA gift, which just requires them to write a letter saying that the money does not need to be repaid to them. And uh, it's called an FHA gift letter. And we provide that letter to the underwriter, which makes those funds usable just as if they were the borrower's own funds. So we, we often use gifts on FHA and even on um, conventional loans. So something new that we have that we're doing is we also have a 100% financing program um, on an FHA mortgage. It does require certain you know parameters to be met as far as credit score and income and everything. So I do recommend anyone who wants to be pre-approved for this type of mortgage to get with a loan officer and, and go over those options. So uh, that's FHA. If we were looking at a veteran, let's say, someone who may be an eligible veteran and has their VA benefit, they can purchase a property with 100% financing, a 100% loan, and only need money for down payment and closing costs, which, again, we can look to have covered through seller concessions, money from the seller. Uh, The concession can come from the real estate agent. I I see real estate agents who contribute into transactions all the time to help cover closing costs for their buyers or the money can come from the lender or us in the form of a lender credit. And between the combination of those things, we can often get those closing costs covered. So from those are government loans, FHA and VA, and then we go on to conventional mortgages. A conventional loan is gonna require a minimum of 3% down payment. And so 3% on a $200,000 mortgage would be $6,000. And then we'd look for the same you know, $6,000 in closing costs. Now, we cannot give as large of a lender credit on a conventional mortgage as we can on an FHA or VA loan. So a lot of that closing cost money either has to come from uh, seller credits, realtor credits, or obviously money from the borrower's own funds. So, you know, how much money do you need to buy a home? I've done loans for people that only put a few thousand dollars into the transaction total. Um, and then, of course, there are advantages to putting more money down. You can lower your monthly payments by losing mortgage insurance if you were to put 20% of the purchase price down. But I would say, for the most part, 
you know, if someone's able to garner a down payment of roughly, you know, $10,000, seven dollars to $10,000, we can make it work. Okay, now, okay, so now where you just talked about purchasing or being a buyer, now what about being a refinancer? Like, you know, I need to refinance my house, and so is it kind of the same deal, or am I going to have to come out of money with pocket or not, or how's that, how that does that transition? Right, so on a refinance, uh, there are closing costs on a refinance, and the closing costs are typically around 2%, just like, or 2% on a refinance. Um, versus a purchase. The reason is because on a refinance, someone doesn't need to purchase things like, you know, um, homeowner's insurance, let's say. They already have their homeowner's insurance in place. They don't have to buy a new policy. So the refinance closing costs are typically a little lower. We get a discount on title insurance through something which is called a reissue credit. So the refinance closing costs tend to be lower than a purchase. And the refinance closing costs can be built into the loan, which is a beautiful thing. So as long as the person has some equity in their property, if let's say the closing costs on their mortgage are $5,000, they can simply increase their loan amount by $5,000 and cover those closing costs and not need to bring any money out of pocket. So no out-of-pocket money, I would say, is the most important or, or one of the big benefits of, of doing a refinance. And you know, with not having being able to build the money into the loan, I often see people that want to do what we call a buy down, meaning that they want to buy the interest rate lower by paying points. And those points can also be built into the loan amount. So when we have someone who says, you know, I know that I'm going to be there forever. I'm going to be there for 15 years and this is our forever home. Well, in those cases, it often does make sense to, to buy a lower interest rate with points and you can then build it into the loan amount and finance it into the deal. Very good advice. Very good advice. And now let's go, let's change the gears and talk about reverse mortgage because we don't hear a lot about this. You know, I hear some negativity to this, but, you know, after doing my homework, I think it's really great for, you know, especially if, you know, I'm older and, you know, I kind of like, you know, put my kids through college and I did this and that and life happened and I don't have very much money left over. And but I got a lot of equity in my in my house, but yet hardly none in the bank. And, hey, you know, we're living. Well, we now living older than we had years and years ago, even though it's kind of going down. Right. But we like to keep everything on a positive note here. So let's yeah, talk about expectancy definitely has increased over the. The long run, yes. 10 years, yeah. Right, even though it's went down a couple of years, for the last couple of years. But anyway, so a reverse mortgage, what is the benefits, you know, why does it have negativity, and what are the benefits of a reverse mortgage? Well, well, let's first start with what are the qualifications for a reverse mortgage. To obtain a reverse mortgage, you have to be 62 years or older. So someone must be at least 62 years of age, and they can qualify for a reverse, and they must have equity in the property. Typically, we need to see at least 40 to 50% equity in the property in order to do a reverse. But reverse has some really great advantages, and it also has a really bad stigma. So you've probably heard, and and we've all heard, stories where they say, oh, if you do a reverse mortgage, they're going to take your house, and it's this awful thing, and it's just not good for seniors. But, I mean, that's a complete, I don't even know if you would call it an urban legend, because it's not the truth. A reverse mortgage is a great program for a person who needs it. So I did a reverse mortgage actually for my neighbor who happens to be like family to me. I would never do something to hurt someone who's like family to me. 
So I did a reverse mortgage for her, and I'll just tell you her story. She's a retired school teacher. She's living on a fixed income. And, you know, her pension and some Social Security. And she's got a mortgage on her property, and she's paying for her mortgage payment about $1,200 a month. And she's running out of money every month, right? Every single month she's running out of money. She's short to pay this bill, to pay that bill. She has some medical things she has to take care of and things like that. And every month she's finding herself short. So what the reverse mortgage did for her is we were able to give her a reverse mortgage, which means that she will never have to make a mortgage payment on her home again as long as she lives and occupies that property as her primary residence. So if she lives to 120 years old, she can stay in her house and never make another mortgage payment again. So it really is a, and it helped her because it freed up that $1,200 of cash flow that she needed to be able to live her life. Okay. So instead of being house poor and being stuck at home and stressed over bills, she's freed up the extra $1,200 a month of cash flow and she can now, you know, live freely and without much worry and her fixed income covers everything that she needs it to cover. So, you know, the, the thing is that the reverse mortgage needs equity. So what you're doing is you're actually taking the equity in your home and you're converting it into a mortgage payment. And that's why they call the, the reverse mortgage a HECM, H-E-C-M. It stands for Home Equity Conversion Mortgage oh. because you're converting the equity you have in your home to cover the interest on your loan. Now, people say, well, you're going to lose your house. Again, when you do a reverse mortgage, you can live in your home for the rest of your life without ever making a payment again. So it's not true. They can't take your house as long as you are alive and occupying it as your primary residence. Now, a lot of people, you know, we deal with a lot of, uh, let's say, family members who maybe they say, well, I mean, I don't want them to use the equity of the home because I want that equity. You know, that's my inheritance, essentially. And it's a really selfish way of thinking, but I have found that a lot of family members, they prefer their parent, let's say, to use the reverse mortgage instead of, asking them for money every month. You know, oh, I'm short, I need to borrow money or I need you to cover things for me. So I've had family members that really, they, they love the reverse mortgage because it means that their parent is now living comfortably versus coming up short month in and month out. Yeah, that's, now, a, that's a very good point. Else. That's a very yes. good point. We'll take a quick break and we'll go in more details about the positive and the negatives of a reverse mortgage here with Michael Somerville from The Loan Genius. I am John Wilkinson, your host with The Financial Truths. We'll be back. The Southern Sportsman Show is proudly brought to you by the Fish Florida Association. With your membership, you'll save time and money and get to choose from over 45 member benefits, services, and exposure for your business. Not to mention, you get to be a big part of giving back to conservation, preservation, and charities working hard out there to make a difference. To get signed up, visit the Fish Florida mobile app or fishfloridaassociation.com. Looking for faith-based solutions to challenges you're experiencing in your life? Meet Reverend Dr. Sean Alexander, who's been recognized as the head of Chaplains International. He is a member of the clergy, a diplomat of the National Board of Christian Clinical Therapists, a board-certified supervisor, and a presidential member of the American Association of Christian Counseling. Dr. Sean can provide pastoral counseling and coaching for adults and children. As a Christian, there is nothing more important than to walk the path that God has for you in your life and business and to achieve the things that Christ has for you in your life. To book a pastoral counseling appointment, please visit drseanalexander.org. 
Our legal plans offers toll-free phone consultation on personal legal matters, letters slash phone calls, will preparation and more. All legal plans provide a guaranteed 10 to 25% discount on legal services not otherwise covered by the plan. We realize how difficult it can be to keep a business going in today's market. Having an attorney available for the legal situations known to arise in the business environment gives peace of mind to run a business with less worry. The business legal plan can help with contract and document review, debt collection, contract disputes, trial defense, partnerships, consumer fraud, workers' compensation, incorporation, and much more. Call 772-348-4011 for more information. Again, that's 772-348-4011. Everyone at Fish307.com would like to take a moment to thank you, their customers, for your business and trust throughout the years, which have allowed Fish307 to become one of the worldwide leaders in the recreational fishing industry. Fish307.com is your number one resource to take care of all your fishing tackle needs and so much more. On their website, you can also find great tips and tricks to make your fishing experiences more fun. Check them out at Fish307.com today. They have all kinds of great values waiting. So remember, Fish307.com. Are you looking for health care that fits? your busy life? OneShare Health is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry whose mission it is to inspire healthy communities and provide options to share the cost of healthcare. Here's one of our valued members to share her experience. What I like most about OneShare Health is the affordability, the ease of use, the customer service. I had one experience with telemedicine and that was incredible. I was traveling. I realized I was coming down with something. So I called them. They indicated that a doctor would be calling me in the next few hours. My phone rang in like 15 minutes. We went through all my symptoms. They found the nearest pharmacy and went ahead and called in my prescription. Everything was done between 30 and 45 minutes. Our listeners will receive 40% off their enrollment fee and unlimited access to telemedicine with a $0 consult fee. Visit OneShareFish.com or call 833-655-0941 to learn more about our medical sharing family. All of us at the Southern Sportsman are proud to promote Forever Outdoors, which is working hard to make a difference. You can find them on Facebook and the Fish Florida mobile app. Every donation benefits organ donations and saving lives around the world. Thank you, Rob Robinson, for the work you've done to save lives. Donate today. Every dollar counts. The Financial Truths, your host, John Wilkinson. I am on the phone with Michael Somerville from The Lone Genius, and we're talking about the real estate market pre-COVID, when COVID started, how it is now. What's the difference between a mortgage company and a bank as being a lender for a home loan? When to refinance, when not to refinance. Remember, all depends on your case, right? All depends. Buying a refinance. What is it going to cost you? And then reverse mortgages. Now, there's a bad rap about reverse mortgages, but they're actually a really good thing. So we were discussing about reverse mortgages and Michael was saying that listen if you do if you're 62 years old you don't have the qualify the money to make ends meet month after month well guess what you can stay in your home not have any mortgage payment whatsoever and still have equity in the property and have access to that equity if you need it 
So, but what are some of the downfalls? And still, are there more positive items on the reverse mortgage? Take it away, Mike. All right. Thank you, John. So we touched on the, the reverse mortgage, essentially, which is a refinance for someone who currently owns their home, has the equity, and they want to stay in their home. And they, they, we've determined that the reverse mortgage is the best option for them. Now, something that's you know, little known to people out there is that we can do a reverse mortgage for the purchase of a new home. And the reverse mortgage has actually been an amazing product for purchasing new homes for seniors who are 62 years and older, and especially for retirees who are relocating. I see this quite a bit. Um, this scenario quite a bit from retirees who are moving down to Florida from, let's say, the north. You know, they're coming from New York, New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. Every, everyone's coming to Florida these days from every area of the country. So, you know, seniors coming down, they've retired. And now they say, well, I don't have income. So obviously that's one of the big advantages for the reverse mortgage, regardless whether it's a refinance or a purchase, is that they don't need income. Uh, we do, it, it is better if they have some fixed income and they have enough fixed income to cover the taxes and insurance of the property. The deal is a little bit better for them. And that would be most cases because most seniors have a social security payment coming in and we can use that to cover the taxes and the insurance of the property. And then it doesn't require credit. So there's no minimum credit score. So even if the credit's been damaged um, and the credit score is you know, in the toilet, we can still do the reverse mortgage. Now, the reverse mortgage for a purchase, I'll give you an example of how this comes into play and where a senior can really benefit. And we see this scenario a lot. Someone retires to Florida and they have you know, a retirement account. And let's say they have 300000 or $500,000 saved up in their retirement, and they know that this money needs to last them for the rest of their life. Well, they say, I, I need to buy a place and I in Florida, but I don't want to exhaust my entire account. So out of my $350,000, I want to buy a place cash with $150,000 so I don't have a mortgage payment because I don't have income enough income to cover a mortgage. And I'm going to buy that place with $150,000 of cash. Well, John, you know the real estate market in South Florida. How much luck is someone going to have trying to find a property for $150,000? Yeah, good luck with that. I bought my house seven years ago. I got so lucky and bought it for one twenty three, and now it's like two fifty. Easy all day long. So yeah, right. I know what you're talking about. So now with a reverse mortgage, what that person with their hundred and fifty thousand dollars cash can do is they can purchase that property with approximately a fifty percent down payment, obtain the reverse mortgage, and never pay another mortgage payment for the rest of their life. So. They're, they can buy a property up to $300,000 with that same $150,000 in cash that they have and never make another mortgage payment again. So it's, it's a really great program and product for people who um, are in that situation where they have a certain amount of cash that they want to spend. They don't have regular income. They may have some fixed income that they, you know, that covers basic expenses, but this is the, you know, this is the great, the best program that we have available, you know, for people in that scenario. Okay, um, so... The reverse mortgages are great. I mean, that's that's my point, is the reverse mortgages are a great program. A lot of people think that reverse mortgages are awful, 
and you know people are going to lose their houses, but it's just not the case. It just doesn't happen. Okay, so I mean, with a reverse mortgage, I mean, you're still accumulating uh, the interest though because you're not making payment on whatever the loan amount is, right? Right. So what's what's happening actually on a reverse mortgage is that the interest is still accruing on the mortgage, but there's no payment on that loan. So the interest every month gets added to the principal balance of the mortgage, and the balance goes up over time. It's what we call negative amortization. So the loan balance is going up over time. But the beauty of a reverse mortgage is that there's no limit on the amount of the negative amortization that can happen. So theoretically, if you keep that reverse mortgage for a long period of time, the person you know lives a long period of time and they keep it for you know, 20, 30 years, let's say, well, the the value of the property is going up over time. And let's call it approximately, you know, 3% a year over that long term. Well, if your interest rate on the mortgage is, let's say, 5 or 6%, the balance of your mortgage is also going up at a rate higher than the value of the property over that long term. So what would happen eventually? Eventually, the person would become what we call upside down, meaning that the mortgage balance is greater than the value of the property. Well, the reverse mortgage, of course, it, it is an end game. It's for someone who wants to live in that property for the rest of their life. So when the owner of the property passes away, if that, that mortgage is significantly upside down, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, let's just say the value of the property at that point is $200,000 and the mortgage balance is $500,000, there's no recourse. The, the owner has passed away and there's no recourse on the heirs, the that negative amortization that that's all wiped away. Now, what if the person doesn't live a long time and they only have the reverse mortgage for a short period of time and they haven't deferred a lot of interest? So the property, let's say, is worth three hundred thousand, and they the reverse mortgage balance is now at two hundred thousand. Well, in that case, there's a hundred thousand dollars of equity, and the heirs have the right to that equity. So the heirs can then sell the property pay off the balance on the reverse mortgage and keep the difference. They can refinance out of that reverse mortgage and pay off that reverse mortgage balance and have a new mortgage on the property if they choose to keep the property. Or they can pay off that reverse mortgage in, at any time you know that, that they have the ability to. What I've also seen is a lot of reverse mortgage companies will offer the property back to, the, to purchase it back if there's a lot of negative amortization they can repurchase the property at, let's say, 97% of the value, the market value of the property. So it's really not a bad thing for the person who owns the property or for the heirs. There really is very, very little risk in, you know, a financial, uh, you know, loss coming from the reverse mortgage. Excellent information, Michael. Now, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what is your phone number and your email real quick, sir? Okay, well, my, my personal cell phone number is 954-729-4027, and my email address is michael at myloangenius.com. So that's michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at myloangenius.com. That's M-Y-L-O-A-N-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Excellent. And- the Financial Truths. Thank you for listening. This has been a Fish Florida Media Group production. 